Five o'clock on the Blitz. Work is over. It's time to let that bird fly. Free that bird, boys. Happy Friday, everyone. It is another edition of the show here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Two days from the Super Bowl, one day from Bedlam Hoops right here on the Blitz 1170. Pre-game tomorrow at 5 o'clock tip-off from Norman at 6 p.m. As we get ready for a big sports weekend here in the state of Oklahoma, I am Colby Daniels. Along with the 2023 Oklahoma Sportscaster of the Year, Jeremy Poplin, Deanna Mate hanging out in the studio today, Scott File on the other side of the glass in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio, and Dusty Dvorak joins us on this Friday via the Blitz Hotline. Dusty, happy Friday, my friend. What is happening? Happy Friday. It's Super Bowl weekend. We made it. I saw Pop's got his fancy jacket on. He's nine or out. He's ready to go. How are we feeling, Pop? I, Two days away. You ready? Dude, I'm telling you, today I woke up, Dusty, and feeling way more confident than I Good. was at any other time during the week. Right. Let's roll. I'm ready. Can't now, that could, that could change tomorrow. I'm not going to lie, but today I feel pretty good. I, this is, um, I would say it's one of the more anticipated Super Bowls. Um, Storylines with the game, outside the game, obviously, with Taylor Swift. And uh, just uh, a, a lot to be excited about, man. I can't wait. I, we were having the discussion this morning. Will this break the all-time, uh, from a ratings perspective, most watched Super Bowl ever? I think I said yes. I think the record is 126 million. That was Atlanta, New England. I'm guessing it peaked in the second half in that comeback. But last year, I think it did about 115. So uh, the last time these two teams played, 118 million people tuned in for Chiefs Niners. We've got to think with the Taylor bump, it's going to get over 126, right? Yes, I would say that's going to get yes. over 126. Yeah. yeah. Most watched Super Bowl ever were in Las agreement. Vegas, the, the Las Vegas element and the amount yeah. of publicity, I think, that, that has been around this, which is always a big deal, but even more so this week with the Las Vegas element. Yeah, I think it, I think it absolutely clears 126. Feels big. Uh, feels very, very big, man. I can't wait. It's going to be fun. So I was thinking earlier, like, just the juxtaposition between, like, what the narratives are after whoever wins, Dusty. But with, with three rings – like Pat mm -hmm. and Andy join the, a pretty damn exclusive club that there's no arguing whether we want to refer to it as like a new version of Dynasty or not. But, but Pat joins a very, very small group of guys that have at least three rings, and so does Andy. Um, I, I think their legacy's intact, even if they lose no matter what. That's, that's more kind of on the Niners' side. But, man, just thinking about them with three rings at this point in time in his career at his age is pretty remarkable. Um, and I, I, it, it could absolutely happen on Sunday. It sure could. Uh, it's, I'd say, amazing. Rarified air is kind of the way I put it uh, last couple of weeks. When you get that third, there is just something a little bit different. Uh, that group is illustrious at two world championships as a quarterback or head coach, but it's, it obviously shrinks when you go to number three. And, I mean, with his age, obviously six years as a starter would be his fourth. It's going to be his fourth appearance. And if he gets his third ring, uh, pretty remarkable, man. And, and this is probably his most balanced team. I can't say – I don't know if it's his best team, uh, especially offensively, given the weapons that he maybe hasn't had on other teams. But I think they do have balance. Uh, Pacheco gives a physical running presence, and clearly it's the best defense 
he's had uh, helping his cause be able to give victory. So, uh, like you said, man, they, they got a great chance, and uh, it's why I think so many people anticipate such a great game. He's obviously uh, a you know uh, already on pace to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and give him his best defense and, and a defensive mastermind. Uh, and you know, it's Spags. It's absolutely just been he's been remarkable, especially when games have been the biggest. And you take that back to when he was the D coordinator with the Giants. Here's that group, by the way. He would join Brady, Bradshaw, Montana, and Aikman. That's not too shabby. And if he wins MVP, he would join Joe Montana as being the only quarterback with that many rings and three MVPs. And he's 28, he's by 28, the way. He's 28, man. 28. <laughs> not bad. Uh, not a bad start to the career. And, and, and obviously, on the flip side, I mean, uh, you know, the from – Last pick to top of the mountain. I mean, that's a story in and of itself. I'm guessing there hasn't been a Mr. Irrelevant uh, that's won a Super Bowl before. Just a, just a guess on that? If I'm not mistaken, I believe he he set a record for when he came in and um, I think won his first game as just a regular starter and completed a pass. Like that is wow. – I don't think that's ever happened before, and that's – it's one of the weird things. Like we're sitting here arguing about game manager, game changer, which is all nonsense, uh, and we're kind of skipping over the pretty freaking phenomenal story that is this kid that has uh, quickly climbed up to the top and has a chance to really solidify himself if he walks away with a ring. Something special, man, uh, and so close at Iowa State to a Big Twelve championship. This is obviously a completely different level, but um, he's. He's got a little bit to him, man. I think that his mobility is could potentially be a real key. I thought one of the biggest plays he made against the Lions was with his legs, and whether it's him actually getting yardage, it's buying time. Mahomes and his scramble ability, it's well, it's well documented. It's oftentimes talked about, especially if they need a they need a play third down, fourth down. You know, nothing's open. He's going to make a play with his legs. I think Purdy can potentially have an even bigger impact with his legs. He is quick. He feels pressure very well, and he's got the ability to make a play with his legs. So I'm intrigued to see what the game plan from Shanahan's going to be. I, I would have to think. Um, my gut would tell me you're going to really lean on Christian McCaffrey, and you're a, you're a physical running team. I, I think that you don't shy away from that, and I think it's it's boot, it's getting you know this young quarterback outside the pocket and letting him maybe impact the game early, especially to get comfortable with those legs on the perimeter. I, 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 that's the way I would approach this game if I'm I'm Kyle Shanahan because I would imagine a guy like Trent Williams, that offensive line, I think they would love to be able to establish the line of scrimmage early, run the football, and, and kind of play to the identity that the Niners have been for quite some time. We briefly discussed this the other day, Dusty, but uh, I want to get your take. If you were to look at the Niners offense, Niners defense, Chiefs offense, Chiefs defense, yep. not that there's a bad unit involved, but how would you rank those four units from best to worst? I mean, I, I, it's crazy to say that the Chiefs defense would probably be number one. I mean, statistics, it's hard. to. It, that's tough. It's, it's really tough because you, it's Patrick Mahomes, right? Um, but if I had to rank it, just on, on the entirety, the totality of it, I'd probably say Chiefs defense one, Niners offense two, Chiefs offense three, Niners defense four. And I don't even feel right saying that, uh, but I think that might be where I rank it. 
I could potentially even say Kansas City's offense would be last, which is crazy because you have Patrick Mahomes in there. But I also think it speaks to there's not really a bad unit out there. I mean, I think that, you know, we're really splitting hairs, but I'd probably at least say Chiefs D1, Niners offense two, and then I think we could have a real debate and a discussion, which is crazy because I think the last time these two teams played, you would have said, you know, Niners defense one or Chiefs offense one, and then it goes vice versa. So it's interesting how these teams have really changed kind of uh, who they are and, and how they can beat you and kind of what the strengths of these teams are just from four years ago, the last time they played in the Super Bowl. You know, it's so weird, and I think that the guy as a Niner fan that – of course, you're scared of Mahomes and what Kelsey can do. Um, you know, Pacheco, I think, is is yeah. the X factor to me uh, mm-hmm. in this game for them. I think what the element that he brings to their offense, because they have morphed from from the explosive play to death by 100 paper cuts, and he's that type of guy that uh, kind of a slashing runner but's really good inside and brings a ton of energy that can, you know, get three, four yards at a time. Um but when I just look at their wide receivers, a team to make it this far with what they've had to deal with from a wide receiver perspective. I mean, Nico Hardman hasn't touched the ball since that uh, awful game in Buffalo. He's had no touches. Where is Sky Moore? I mean, Kadarius Tony. Rasheed Rice has become him. a star. Rice Rasheed is a star. Rice. Yeah, I know. And it's it's just so weird to see like collectively what's happened with their wide receivers, and yet here they are again. And I think it twofold. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and that defense is really good. So they, don't, they yep. don't have to. If they had to play, not that he couldn't bring them from behind, but, you know, when they can get a lead early and kind of choke you out the way we saw them do Baltimore, that's what's different about this team. And that's why, you know, they don't need to go score 35, uh, even like we saw a year ago. I mean, even just from a year ago, they don't have the same weaponry at wide receiver, uh, yet they can still win games. And you've got a, a guy that if you do need to – you know, jump on somebody quick. You're not afraid to put the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hand. But I, I do agree with you. Like, the one of the more peculiar things so far this postseason is the Niners' run defense, guys. Yeah. I mean, it has just been – it has not been very impressive. Yeah. And I think that whenever – when I think of, when I When I think of Fred Warner and I think of that defensive line, I know that maybe a little bit more edge defensive end – uh, dominant and more rushing the passer, but still you've got an outstanding D-line. You've got an excellent linebacking core with Greenlaw uh, and, and, and company and Warner. And I just – it's shocking to me the way the Lions ran the football and even Green Bay at times ran the football. And I think that, you know, to your point, Pacheco could easily be an X-factor in this game because as long as the, the score is close, Andy Reid is more than okay handing the football – to Pacheco 22 to 26 times in this ballgame. That's why I love the uh, prop bet with Pacheco. I think number of touches was over over 15 and a half. And I was like, oh, yes, yes. Is that you, it? I, that was it that I saw. Wow. I was like, man. Do they count passes as touches? Hammer that one. No, this oh, was yeah. just uh, – well, this wasn't touches. This was actual runs from Pacheco. Oh, uh, touches he, was a different one. He had 28 touches against Baltimore. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Catching the ball so, out of the backfield a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so the other part, too, uh, another just huge aspect of this game to me is something that, you know, Bosa kind of set the tone for right after the matchup uh, when he was referencing the offensive tackles. You know, at third seven plus, we everybody knows 
they've got to throw it now. They've mm. got a really good screen game. Andy Reid does an excellent job with the screen game, whether it's tight end screens, they'll throw some, you know, obviously running back, receiver screens. So that's a way to always help out your tackles. But when you gotta when you gotta go drop back and play actions out and it's third and nine, you know, can those tackles outside can can Smith and Taylor can they deal with what you know Bosa and company bring to the table? Uh, I think that's that was a big aspect of of last game. Was it a hold? Was it not a hold? And it's been a big storyline all season. So I think I think that's something that is going to be a massive factor. Can they protect Patrick? I think you can cover it up some to a certain degree. Running the football, screen game, play action pass slows it down. But when you have to go drop back, maybe it's 10, 12 times, can those tackles at Kansas City hold up? We were, we were going over some of the prop bets earlier in the show, and one of the prop bets is will either team score 30 points? And it's such an interesting question because both teams are giving up less than 18 points per game defensively. In their last five football games, the 49ers have only hit the 30-point mark one time, and the Chiefs haven't scored 30 since November. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I have it. My answer to that is no. Uh, I mean, anything is possible, as we know, but I, I've got this a lower-scoring game. I've got it. It's a game in the 20s. Uh, I could see, you know, 27-24, 28-24, but I've actually got it 24-21. So, for me, I, I would agree with those trends. And I'm going to say this thing is a game played in the 20s, and we don't see a team uh, reach 30 points. Kansas City is in multiple tight end sets 60% of the time. It's either yep. 12 or 13. Yeah. And, uh, Dusty, the type of pressure that a team that runs a whole lot of 13 personnel, like there's not many teams in the league that do it. And it's like, of course, you're going to have a plan for it. But unless you've done it, you know, repetitively, I mean, it, it puts people in binds. And I, you know, San Francisco in the limited amount of times that they've seen that, uh, they haven't necessarily played that well against it. Cleveland ran a little bit of 13 against them, and that didn't end so well for them. So I'm intrigued to see kind of what the what the matchup looks like in that case. Yeah, I mean, now Detroit, if memory serves, they run quite a bit of 12. So yes, see, they do. You'd see a lot of two tight out there. 13, I mean, I think you see that more predominantly red zone, short yardage. So I don't, I which just, San I Francisco's good at, by the way. Sure, I don't, I don't know if we see them major in that throughout the course of this ball game, but I mean, obviously. I think the tight end just in general is going to be a huge key. Uh, Noah Gray is a nice secondary option. Obviously, Travis Kelsey, nobody can see him. Can, can those linebackers, especially when they want to go some zone coverage, you know, Kelsey is such a good knack for finding open space and feeling. I thought um, it was the old, uh, I'm drawing a blank, the Carolina Panthers linebacker, Luke Keekley. Did you guys see that, that breakdown that he gave was from a couple of weeks ago with Kay Adams, NFL Network? Talking about, she asked him, you know, what's the best way to defend Travis Kelsey? And the way he was talking about just, you basically, you've got to stay locked on him at all times. Like in zone coverage, typically your eyes are on the quarterback. Well, Kelsey is so good, and the communication nonverbal between yeah. Mahomes and Kelsey is so good, you almost have to go against that eyes on the cue and stay locked on Travis Kelsey just so that you're always kind of right there at his hip. I thought it was a really good breakdown. Can, you know, can Fred Warner uh, and can Greenlaw, can they handle, um, you know, Travis Kelsey, especially those underneath 8 to 10 intermediate route passing game? It's going to be a real key. And then I think on the other side, man, uh, the local product himself from right here in Norman, 
I think George Kittle is going to have a chance to have a huge impact on this game as well uh, because Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and Brandon Ayuk draw so much attention. And obviously the guy is a force in the run game, as we saw last week. But I could see George Kittle being uh, you know, a big X factor in this game as well because if you get Christian McCaffrey going – and you can go your, you know, your big personnel too, and you get your play action game going. I think you could open up the middle of the field, and, and and Kittle could have himself a big day as well. So just that tight end dynamic in this game, I think it's going to be a very, very important one for both these offenses. You know, the other thing that they do really well in Kansas City is uh, you were talking about Kelsey. Uh, whether you try to reroute him, whether you try to jam him. Kansas City does such a great job of scheming to get him like a free release. Like, oh, look yeah. at the different places that they'll use him in. You know, they'll stack him up. Everywhere. I mean, they're 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 that that entire operation is just a wizard at making sure that he's got a free release the majority of the time. Andy Reid's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Andy Reid is uh, he's he's a pretty good uh, pretty good offensive schemer uh, to say the least. So yeah, I'm. Um... I'm excited. I, again, I got 24-21 Kansas City, but I'm. I think uh, you can call me crazy. Like for you, Pop, since you're the Niners, uh, a fan and aficionado, who who needs to be the MVP? Like, in a, if if you could paint a a Forty ers win, I think it's Christian McCaffrey. Like, I think he's the, I think he's the guy that's got to get going. They got to establish a run because I think Kansas City is really really good in the back end. I really like their ability to cover. And they're going to play some tight man. If you, I think, running the football and getting McCaffrey even matched up in some of their man-to-man stuff and ex- and exploiting him in the throw game, like I, to me, if Niners win, I think Christian McCaffrey has a monster Super Bowl on Sunday night. Yeah, it's him or it's Debo. Uh, I, you know, I, I think uh, I could see that scenario playing out as well. And as a matter, I would go probably McCaffrey, Debo, and then Brock in that order as far as having to have monster games. I. I still, man, Brock has proven to be a pretty good learner uh, in the past with things that he sees. But, you know, uh, still there's a a lot of this that comes down to um, how does Brock adjust post-snap and what he sees pre-snap and how they try to disguise things. That, to me, is going to be one of the other big keys in this. But I'm I'm with you on McCaffrey. Well, that's that's what Spags does so well, right? I know. They throw a lot of stuff at you. Uh, a lot of different, and not just stuff post-snap, even, you know, kind of their personnel packages. They throw a lot of different fronts, uh, what linebacking cores, back in. Uh, they, they move in and out of a lot of different stuff. Uh, they gave, I thought that gave Lamar Jackson a lot of issues last, or two weeks ago in the AFC Championship game. So uh, it's going to be, um, and again, that's also part of why, like, I think you take some of that off Brock's plate, mm-hmm. especially early in this ball game. And if you can... If you can get that physicality, you get uh, big Trent Williams and the crew up front moving people and get Christian going, play action, boot, get Brock Purdy on the perimeter, uh, you know, with some, you know, more comfortable throws where things might be open. I think that's a, that's a recipe I would have to imagine Kyle Shanahan's going to go in with this game with. Dusty, they're, they're drowning you with all this football stuff, and they're burying the yeah. lead here, okay? So I think the, the question that the people really want to know from you is, what song are you most excited about about Usher in this halftime performance? Jeez. Now, they got My Way, we got OMG, we got Yeah, Loving This Club is a popular one. Which song are you most excited to hear from from Usher? 
I mean, what about you got it bad? Can oh. we not go way back to whenever I was my freshman year in college? Mm. I mean, talk is, that is, talk. Is anybody uh, down with that? Um, my wife, we were talking last night at the uh, dinner table. We had a big family discussion. And uh, my oldest son, is he is anti the Taylor Swift establishment. And my daughter at seven was not happy about that. <laughs> my middle child was kind of in between. And we were defending, my wife and I were defending um, Taylor Swift uh, uh, for, for this matchup. And then it kind of led to what all we're looking forward to for the Super Bowl. And football was the last thing on my wife's list. But the number one thing was Usher. She's fired up, man. She's looking to dance uh, <laughs> at halftime of this game. So, uh, I, I mean, who doesn't like Usher? I think the real question I have, is this going to be a collaboration? Like, who's joining? Like, everybody seems to think something's going to happen. I do not think Taylor Swift performs. No. And I do not think there's any way in this planet that Travis Kelsey is proposing after the game. Like, to me, get those things out of your mind. That's not coming. That's not going to happen. But I, what is Vegas? Like, somebody's going to show up yeah. and somebody's going to be performing and probably multiple people with Usher at halftime, right? Give this me isn't just going to be Usher. Somebody. Yeah. Uh, Beebs? Uh, You're going Beebs? I'm going Alicia Keys. I think Alicia Keys will be there, but I think Biebs also makes an appearance. Is anybody else fired up about Reba uh, doing the national anthem? Yeah. Can't wait for that, man. <laughs> yeah. You guys yeah, well, uh, in this one of, the, one of the prop bets is, will whoa, she Whoa, whoa, Dion, whoa. Whoa, wait a minute, Dion. <laughs> you, Were you laughing about Reba? <laughs> I'm just I, – I don't – Understand Oklahoma's why. own. Yeah, come you, on. You guys are really excited about Reba. Reba's Reba McIntyre, man. That's queen. Sitcom phenom. Exactly. My oh queen my. is named Beyonce. That's all I'm saying. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, look, there's, yes. a, there's a lot of queens out there. Exactly. But, I mean, come on, man. Reba. Jeez Louise. Shout out to Reba. But you guys are really excited. There's a prop bet on what color her boots will be. Oh, what do we are there? What are the um, what are the odds? Uh, I'll have to pull this up real quick uh, on the uh, different colors, but it was pretty much all the colors that you would expect. It was like red, white, and blue on uh, what they were going to be. Also, uh, whether or not that she will show some skin. There was oh, a, yeah. Reba's showing some skin. Uh, yeah. There was a cleavage. cleavage. She's 68. There was a cleavage yeah, she, prop bet there. So, yeah, yeah, I took with that. No, <laughs> Calus no Oklahoma, Dion. Come yeah. on, man. We support <laughs> our own here in this state. Yeah, I'm going to go to a restaurant Dion and still rocking those Texas tags on his car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey, hey, excuse, excuse, excuse me, okay? I didn't mean to offend you Oklahoma people with with Reba. I'm sorry. Hey, I'm, I'm, I was born and raised in Texas. It's okay. But listen, once you cross the Red River, this is home now. Dion, just, hey, don't fight it. Embrace yeah. it. That's good. You've been here too long. I, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I, I, the, um, the other aspect, the other thing we, we talk quite a bit about, um, commercials. Are you guys, you guys get excited for the commercials, or when we go to break, are you getting up, going to get some grub? How do we feel about the commercial aspect of the Super Bowl? I still like it. Uh, they haven't been as quality as what it seems I like agree. that we had when we yeah. grew up. I mean, give me some Terry Tate office linebacker type stuff. Um, How about the Budweiser Frogs? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Jeez, Louise. Yeah. Those guys were awesome. Good times. As Toby Keith famously said, uh, it's not as good as it once was. So That's, that's hey. a very good line there. Uh, very there well go. done by you. So uh, No, man, it um, should be good. It's going to be a lot of fun. And um, I think no you, sent me, you sent me a list of um, – uh, prop bets. One of the ones I thought might have been the dumbest was what is uh, Tony Romo going to say first? Is it Jim or Taylor? <laughs> Jim. Dude, he says it's Jim, Jim. It's Jim more than I've never. Listen, who am I to be critical? This guy's doing 
Is this? I think I saw. It's just his third Super Bowl already, which is just crazy. That's crazy. Tony Romo's you know, calling. You know, I did. I did the count, dude, on how many times he said Jim in the AFC Championship game. Well, I. I mean, it had to be at least thirty. It I was would forty-two. Yeah. Okay. So again, yeah. who am I to criticize? He's making seventeen million bucks a year. I'm just trying to work my way up to get a playoff game this year in college football at ESPN. But I'm very thankful, and I don't have it all figured out. I know that I screw up plenty. But I have never, and I mean, and now that I do this for a profession, I pay more attention probably than I ever have before. Not to be overly critical, but just listen to different people. I've never heard an analyst refer to their play-by-play by their first name as many times as he does Jim. It has got to be a crutch, almost like when he doesn't know what to say. It's just like that word that he uses as a fill-in. He's, I mean, again, it's not like he's getting fired. I think they owe him a ton of money. But how... How does somebody not go to him and say, Tony, quit saying Jim. Everyone knows it's Jim Nance. You don't have to refer to him every <laughs> other play. It's, it makes me go crazy. I don't know if it does you guys. That one I think is, is stealing money, without a doubt. Dusty, we got to run, man. We're up against it. But uh, have a good Super Bowl weekend, and we'll talk on Monday. All right, boys. We'll see you. That is Dusty Dvorak joining us on the Blitz Hotline. John Holcomb next on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.